You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Hey everyone, welcome to Feature Fridays, the podcast where we feature local entrepreneurs, business owners, people in the media biz, and fellow geeks around town. Today, we are highlighting two very special folks, founder and head curator of the HSPPA, James Azrael, and assistant head curator and co-owner and chef at Spooky Swirls, Chris Sidlowski. James and Chris met over their love of cinematic memorabilia and in 2015 started bringing their passion to the people by way of this traveling museum. They, along with 25 other active curators, have been able to showcase their horror, sci-fi, and other movie genre relics around the country, and now you can see their newest exhibit at the location of our interview, Spooky Swirls in Chandler, Arizona. I was lucky to catch James while he was in town installing the new exhibit and got an up-close and personal peek at all of the pieces on display. If you're a movie fan like myself, I know you're going to really enjoy this interview, and I highly encourage you to pay a visit to the shop. Now, on to the interview. So, welcome to the podcast, James and Chris. Thank you so much for taking the time out to meet with me in Geekly Media. We are so happy to sit down with you both today. Thank you. So, I'll be honest, I did not know what HSPPA was <laughs> until about a couple months ago when I came in here to Spooky Swirls um, for the first time and saw the previous exhibit, and I was just like, okay, where does all this come from? Like, are these real? Like, who owns these? It was just so crazy, and I've only actually ever seen something like that set up one other time, that movie Madness in Portland. I don't know if you're familiar, but they have, like, the original Fight Club soap and, like, Phil Lamar's, like, head bust from Pulp Fiction when he got, like, shot and stuff. So they have really cool artifacts there, but I haven't really seen that kind of stuff anywhere else in the public. So it was very cool. Um, I saw this, and I, I knew we had to feature you in some capacity. So I'm glad yeah, uh, we caught you at a good time. <laughs> um, so you, you're actually set up and based in Chicago. Um and now you're here for the weekend setting up the exhibit, yes? Yeah, we're, we're doing a, we did a turnover at Spooky Swirls of the exhibit uh, so that we can keep things fresh and new and, and whatnot. Um, I am in, from Chicago, but we, we don't have a location outside of Spooky's. HSPPA, Horror and Sci-Fi Prop Preservation Association, tours. We go to conventions uh, all over the country now. Mostly in the Midwest area, the first couple of years. Cool. Okay. So, with those that are maybe not familiar with HSPPA, can you just explain a little bit more about what it is and what the main goal is? Uh, HSPPA is a not-for-profit traveling museum of screen-used movie props. Uh, we uh, I, our our purpose is to kind of take them out from behind the closed doors of all the collectors and share them. It's. I think we're we're about 30, 30 collectors uh, in in part of it across the country and, and even the world. Although we haven't gone out of the country, we do have participants that have partaken in like our books and things to, to share what they have. Yeah, it just kind of started. I had um, uh, like delivery people coming to my house. 
pizza guys and, and whatnot, and you open the door and they'd see the stuff, and, and their eyes would kind of open, and they'd <laughs> let them take some pictures or whatnot, you know, and, uh, and then a certain company came to install a new television service and internet in my house, and took about seven hours and like six texts. They kept calling him texts. I kept giving tours to the texts. <laughs> They're like, hey, you gotta go check this out. Yes, check this exactly. out. Everyone down. You know, and uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm an old road dog musician, so I'm, I knew touring and I'm like, well, I have a trailer. I'm just going to take this and go to a convention and share it. And then it just progressed. It just there. exploded out of the gate and, now we have a bakery too. <laughs> yep. Chris is one of our HSPPA curators, you know, and that's kind of how this happened. I came out here with the HSPPA to do a Mad Monster mm-hmm. last year, 2018. 18, yeah. And Chris and, and Lola joined me, um, and they brought cupcakes. <laughs> they're, they're chefs. They had a, a food truck, Spooky Swans, and they were little Jason uh, cupcakes with edible bloody machete and, and everything just amazing <laughs> they're gluten free always a bonus <laughs> well, and I'm not Celia I'm not allergic I, I to be honest up to this point I kind of thought it was like a keto or it was just a diet mm-hmm. I didn't know it was an allergy or something <laughs> and my only experience with the gluten was like a cardboard cracker you know and, and uh, I was just blown away I mean they're they're phenomenal they're better than regular cupcakes they're very good I can attest firsthand (laughs) they wanted a bakery I wanted a museum and we all just kind of came together and brought in another member of the HSPPA Ernesto Avina and started this here we are (laughs) so how did both of you start collecting the items I wanted them <laughs> just like eBay, like scouring, or how did you like actually start obtaining oh, them? Oh man, um, gosh, I think it it was um, when I first kind of got online and realized that you could own a piece of. Um, for me, it was my childhood. You know, I, I was always watching movies as a kid, and um, like one of my main movies was Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, and uh, I discovered the prop store and. Uh, that was one of my big first purchases. I put it on layaway, and uh, after a couple months, I actually had a, a piece of my childhood, just this movie that I watched as a kid over and over, and uh, it was kind of magical uh, for me, and that was maybe 20 years ago about now, and it's been an obsession <laughs> ever since. It's, yeah. It, it is. It's it truly is, because... We were attached to these, you know. It's I. I don't compare it to any other hobby. I, I'm, I think I'm a professional collector. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I collect it all, you know. Yeah. But I mean, we we like Star Wars toys. We like GI, you know, whatever, and you know, you could collect cars, sports memorabilia, whatever. But movies, they mean so much to us. They have moments in our our time that. We're so attached to, and it, yeah, it just it's so emotional. Yeah, it's um, an emotional attachment to the pieces. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I don't think there is a stop. <laughs> I mean, as long as movies can be made, you know, I, mean, I can't yeah. imagine. It. <laughs> 
And so I was reading that you guys have over 3,000 props and 1,000 costumes. Is that up to date now? I've, I've never Ooh. counted. These are just throw-out numbers. Okay. <laughs> yeah, rough estimate. Probably a lot higher than that. Yeah. I mean, and if you count in everybody that's part of the HSBPA, mm-hmm. which I like to do, because it's not about my collection, Chris's club, it's, it's the cumulative you know, sharing of it. That's the fun of going to different towns and different cities is I bring in other collectors to, to bring parts of their stuff To participate. Yeah. Okay. So you have about like 30 different people that help contribute. And so are those all individually owned and stored and maintained? Or is there like in Chicago, is there like a, where, a central like warehouse for everything? And people just say, hey, let me store my stuff here. And then you pick and choose? Or how does that uh, work? It's mainly yeah. just a bunch of uh, private collectors just yeah. either, you know, uh, showing their uh, their collection in their own homes or, um, unfortunately, there are a lot of collectors that just keep things locked away or boxed up in a, in a closet. Um, and I, for years, had been one of those just because of the, the multitude of items. But um, this also is a dream just to be able to to show my my. Pieces to um, other uh, fans, um, other people that didn't know that these things still existed. Yeah, it's um, yeah. There, there is no. I mean, outside of spookies, I guess. There's no central point. Of, right. Yeah, it's uh, we we all have each of us have our own stuff. You know, when there's an event bring out what's what's needed for the event we try to curate it to the show you know, okay like there's certain celebrities that are going to be there we, we try to match pieces to them you know or a certain time of year like you're sitting next to the nightmare before christmas pieces right now <laughs> and, the, and the other christmas <laughs> items <laughs> that's um, what i was uh, gonna ask next because i interned at Phoenix art museum for about a year in their fashion department so i was able to help set up exhibits throughout the year and there's always usually kind of a centered theme around each of those. So how do you go about choosing, aside from like the celebrity and the time of year, like choosing what goes on display at one particular time? There's uh, uh, go-to pieces, uh, like Wonder Woman's tiara, Jason's machete, Freddy's makeup, you know, and, like, things that everyone knows, everyone sees, everyone wants to see. Um, from those, you then go to who's going to be at the shows or what time of year it is, and from there, I just, I just bring stuff because, <laughs> you know, um, a, a typical like convention show is going to be about a ten by twenty space, and about half of what you see packed in there, mm-hmm. I pack into that little area. So there's. And it's nice to have the variety of like full-on costumes and like little mm-hmm. tiny pieces so you can play with the space and mm-hmm. figure out how to. What's uh, really fun with Spookies, though, um, we find that we've got a lot more kids than we had anticipated. Yeah. Yeah. So um, instead of just being you know scary and gory, we're kind of you know really taking into consideration what the um, the kids are going to like to see, and um, we've got Gizmo. Um, we've got. Uh, you know, the, the big snowman, although he's from a horror movie, you know, the kids just light up when they see him. Um, even, even Ginger Dead Man, they just they just see a cookie. A cookie. You know, <laughs> right. just, yeah. Yeah. 
who appeals to, to everyone. And there's so many different things. Like, there's sci-fi, and there's horror, and there's action, comic book. It's, so it's a little bit of everything for everyone. Which it, is, it all fits cool. in. Like, yeah. I, I chose horror and sci-fi in the name because I can make anything fit into those two genres. You know, I mean, we've got Disney, we've got, you know, anything. Superheroes, it's sci-fi. Lord, yeah. yeah. Lord of the Rings is, is fantasy, which falls into sci-fi. It's got dragons, though, so that's kind of horror. It works. And, yeah. You know. <laughs> Do you have a favorite piece in the collection so far? Uh, yeah, Robin Williams. That, for me, uh, it's the, the screen-worn uh, wardrobe from What Dreams Make Home. It's, oh, kind of made me tear up a little bit when it I does. saw it the first oh, time. Yeah. And Chris, what about you? Oh, you know, I'm I'm a real big horror fan. That's my favorite genre. Um, so uh, for me, the One Piece uh, would, uh, unfortunately, it's been changed out. But it's my alien. I, I actually have two alien heads, but um, they're my bookends, uh, and uh, that's probably. And I notice you have a few books out. Um, can you tell us a little bit about them? Uh, well, the books the books started because uh, HSPPA is a nonprofit. We registered in, in Illinois, and you know, we our our goal with the, doing the shows is to to get uh, raise money to uh, preserve the props, to do the the restorations and things that are required to keep them alive for generations to come, and. Sorry, I got this directed by the little buddy out there in the window. James the bird guy. Little bird. <laughs> just, just looking into the window. Um, um, but yeah, to, uh, to raise money to preserve uh, the props and, and, and whatnot and, and to help the cost of doing the shows, you know. Um, and I, I've, we started off with straight donations at, at the shows and, and things, and it, it started becoming clear that people wanted to take something home, you know, so got the idea to create books about the props, so basically you, you the, uh, the books are like a coffee table version of an HSPPA exhibit, and it, it curates through different props, and it's, it's uh, high-def photos of the items, and then stories, and it's not like, well, this is this from this movie, it's what it means to myself, uh, the other curators, Chris writes some of it, you know, all these you know, people, part of that as well as some other featured exhibitors that donated some money through, through the Kickstarters to be a part of the book. It's more personalized. Yeah. Uh, we have some actual FX guys like Nick Benson and, uh, that, that took part and are part of the organization as well. Some actors, uh, Paul Taylor, played Pinhead, wrote a whole three-page article on what it was like for him to be Pinhead, to to wear the costume again because we, we had his costume and we got to dress him up at a convention. So that's what those are. They're they're to the HSPPA home version. Right. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Expanded little family that we've kind yeah. of created through the, the collecting. Yeah. And 
they are available here at Spooky Swirls and on Amazon. I checked. They're yes. on Prime, so it'd be great little Christmas gifts if yes. anybody is interested. The, the ones here, though, are signed. So. Oh, that's a plus, for sure. <laughs> so how many exhibits do you have going on at one time? Uh, well, now um, Craig Champion uh, is our, as of uh, this last year, this is 2019, I'm sorry, my... I can't keep track of these, these years. <laughs> <All> these years. <laughs> uh, he became our uh, East Coast uh, head curator and uh, started doing shows on his own and doing what I was doing in the Midwest. So he started doing that in Jersey and Virginia and Atlanta um, and just around there. <laughs> So last year was the first year we had two simultaneous shows where I was doing one in Chicago and he was doing one. And uh, I think that was the Virginia Scares of Care. And it was, it was kind of surreal to, <laughs> for me to, to have that happening, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's far enough away that, you know, we're not pulling from one con or the other. But, and then Chris was, was starting to head the, the West Coast, but we opened Spookies. So yeah. yeah, she's... This is we're holding down the West Coast right here. Yeah, yeah. and uh, this year we're doing more out here um, because of that. So I see that you're coming to Phoenix Fan Fusion, and then next year is Mad Monster as well. Yes, absolutely. So you touched a little bit on like maintaining the items. Like, can you go a little bit more into how they are stored and maintained and conserved? Like, is there do you guys have a particular, like... I would love to say that I'm a white glove <laughs> um, vacuum space <laughs> container person. You know, it's, the reality of it is, is reality comes in. So you just got to do your best to keep them. And, and the things that kill them are UV, so sunlight. Um, actually, light in general is all producing so LEDs I, at my house, I all LEDs. That's all I have there. Yeah. We changed out Switched everything out. here to LEDs because of that. And we have a huge tint on the window to help with all of that as well. Uh, dust is your next one, um, which is hard. Yeah, <laughs> I was terrible. We got a lot of dust, especially in the desert. Yeah, because yeah, it's everywhere, you know, and, and you can't seal everything into a case so it's, it's just if you keep up with it it'll it'll stay you know it's, it's just you can't set it and forget it <laughs> you know, and then not touching it the uh, oils in your skin mm-hmm. will destroy the Break latex and, yeah. you, know, you know what it does to clothing <laughs> mm-hmm. so for this one since Spooky just opened in July last, uh, this year um, how many times a year are you expecting this to be changed out for this particular exhibit here? I think right now we're looking at it every six months. Yeah, yeah. So. It, logistically, it seems um, like it would it would work out with what we're doing um, convention-wise. Um, James driving in from Chicago. Um, so, yeah, twice a year is what we're looking at right now. It's, it's a lot of work to... <laughs> to change over. <laughs> and yeah. this, this took a full week to, <laughs> to finalize. 
we were talking a little bit before we started the podcast, but how many items roughly are, are on display currently here? The, the last one was 160. Okay. Um, so I want to say this is right around that as well. Maybe more. A few more. So we'll, we'll say 170 plus or minus. That's a, that's a good number. <laughs> so I've already had a little sneak peek of the exhibit, and again, as I mentioned, there's always a variety of items to appeal to, you know, different genres and fans, but would you mind giving our listeners a little taste of what they can expect to see here at Spooky? Delicious treats. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> we'll always have that, um, but uh, I would say for uh, the next six months, um, you can walk into our little museum and uh, feel like you're actually in Silent Hill. Um, we've got a really extraordinary <clears throat> uh, exhibit of um, the, not only the costumes, but also um, some of the uh, monster creatures that you'll see uh, in Silent Hill. Yeah, five nurses, two, two pyramid heads, <laughs> pyramid sword, the, the great child. We do have the full missionary, the missionary, but only her head is here. The rest is being restored and, and worked on. Preserved. All the costumes for Rose, Heather, Vince. Yeah, all the characters are Aaron, here. Sybil. Um, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, our, our friend, uh, Raphael Neves, um, graphic artist and a, and a comic book writer and stuff, he... Uh, he made the banner that's back there for us. Uh, we thought since we're doing all Silent Hill, it would be fun to not just have a wall. <laughs> yeah. So he designed this 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 beautiful foggy like Silent Hill esque night town with, with the fog and the little lights and everything. And um, it's kind of a guessing game when we do some of this that we. We didn't realize that we had that many items to, and, it, and it blocks most of the banner. <laughs> we were trying to figure out, like, can we can we mm-hmm. move things? Show we gonna... <laughs> <laughs> all that work in the yeah. banner. It's gorgeous. Um, yeah. So there's an awesome banner behind the clothing too. <laughs> the town of Silent Hill. Right. <laughs> <laughs> a fog. Yeah. <laughs> That's the mood. <laughs> so how else do you source, do you personally source the, the items? How do you obtain the Well, I, the, the lame answer to that is it, it's kind of what we do. Um, my, my rough nine to five is, is hunting props and doing it so long that there isn't a one way, like we could have a master's class mm-hmm. in, <laughs> on this discussion. <laughs> Um, I am a little apprehensive to suggest things to people due to you've got to make your your own decisions. You've got to do the research and and know what it is you're buying and and pull back on the emotion attachment. That's how you get Mm, caught up into it. There's a lot of bogus things out there. and Even the best of the best make mistakes. So I, I, I'd hate to suggest to somebody and, and then they, uh, they get something bad, but, sure. <laughs> you know. Yeah. A lot yeah. of it's also just being at the right place at the right time, you know. Um, 
sometimes when an opportunity comes up, you have to just take it. Um, And there's a lot of risk involved in that. A lot Um, of rolling the dice. Yeah. (laughs) You end up having to to research after you buy. (laughs) With your fingers crossed. (laughs) One of the things I wanted to do for a, a while in the books was, if you remember, TV Guide had a cheers and jeers section. I wanted to add a jeers to the books and show and discuss the fakes. Right. You know, start with the fakes I have <laughs> so nobody yeah. feels that they're being you know, ostracized or mm-hmm. what. But yeah, cause, uh, <laughs> It's very humbling. It is. <laughs> Even it happens to the best of collectors. And, you know, that's how you learn. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, now with, I mean, prop makers, like people just doing it for fun and like the technology is going so good, like you can replicate anything down to a T. Down to the stitch, you know, certainly can. It gets a little worse than that. There's some um, uh, nefarious, nefarious, thank you, some nefarious (laughs) FX guys and prop masters that make extras of things that fall out the back doors of superhero movies and keep the mold certain sci-fi movies with laser swords and <laughs> you know um, <laughs> not dropping any names but, uh, and uh and those end up in, I, I have a I have a plight <laughs> against this there's this concept in, in the hobby of private pieces, um, and most of them are, are fake. Uh, the other option to them are usually that they're stolen. <laughs> there are rare cases, of exceptions to the rule, but there's a lot of things being sold privately, and it, it gets new people in particular. It's like, oh my god, I can own, I can own that. But just and don't like, tell yeah, anybody. Never show anyone. Yeah. Never tell anyone. <laughs> you know, and you can never sell it. You know, because the usual reason is if you do, uh, it gets outed. Right. And a lot of that gets yeah. in trouble. You could, yeah. you know, my friend could lose their job. Um, <laughs> all, all of that along with it. So there, there's a lot of that's coming out of the back doors of some of these superhero movies. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they, they don't realize how, how lock and key the real stuff is, how, how guarded it is. Mm-hmm. How do you go about like verifying the kind of like certificates sometimes or like authenticity paperwork or like you know we were talking about like matching it with them? You just have to watch the movie directly and kind of just screen match is, ultimately is the ultimate because yeah. you can't you can't no COA or anything is better than. <laughs> A 100% identification on the screen. Yeah, and even a lot of the uh, the COAs and documentation um, are kind of coming under question as well. Um, you know, it, it really comes down to um, source and you know um, where it's coming from, and then yeah, clearly if you can screen match it, you know you've got you've got a winner. Um, but there are a lot of production uh, pieces that were unused. Uh, more so, obviously, than um, the screen-used ones, but uh, 
Yeah, a lot of it is just the provenance and you know just doing the best that you can and uh, your sources. How does one get involved with HSPPA and help contribute to your collection? Uh, <laughs> um, I, in, in what way would you like to... Just to, like, if they, say, if they have their own, if they have like, a few of their own pieces and they want to, you know, let them borrow it, or how does, like, how does that partnership, like, go about? Uh, I, I don't necessarily like to... to just flat out borrow things. Like I, I want them there mm-hmm. at the shows and, and part of it all. And that, that falls more on like I don't want the full responsibility of their item on my shoulders. Yeah. I want them there with me. Um, but I also want them to experience talking with the people and sharing it too. You know? um, the best way is to come to a show and, and talk with me. Yeah, and go from there, you know, because I don't want to say that anybody or no, you know, it's (laughs) got to vet you somehow, you know, make sure that you're (laughs) not a whack job. (laughs) There's only room for one of those. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I I have had people like literally just show up to a show and like I I follow you on on Facebook. Um, This is. piece I have, like, do you want to exhibit it? I'm here for the weekend. I just, I take it, put it in my case. I'm like, need you an exhibitor? <laughs> yeah. And I, I love that. That's what it's kind of about. So it's, and that builds the relationship. And that's, I guess, the answer is we just got to build relationship. And, you know. How did you two meet? Through the, the hobby. The hobby. <laughs> we've been, uh, we've been friends online for uh, a number of years and then um, we kind of realized so much of our collection um, mirrored the others um, like for example yeah. Gizmo um, I own the, the head in my collection uh, James had the body they come together and make one gizmo. <laughs> one gizmo. But, uh, yeah, uh, like a ton of our pieces, yeah. we've either had the same pieces or somehow James had ended up with something that I had once had. And, um, uh, so many of our pieces just fit together. Another another collector nicknamed us the Wonder Twins over it. Yeah. So we... Uh, <laughs> we run with it now. Yeah. With that. <laughs> Complimenting pieces. <laughs> How long have you been in the business of, of collecting? Roughly, would you say? I mean, I've been a collector since I was, I think, five. Um. <laughs> yeah, same. Um, Star Wars toys, um, the figures uh, when I was a kid, and Mego, Mego figures, and I have Bohemian background, so we're. We're natural pack rats. <laughs> I, call, I call it bohemian hoarding. It's collecting. But yeah, yeah. I, I started. Um, I started actually with World War II, collecting World War II stuff. My um, neighbor. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> my neighbor behind her house served, and he gave me 
like one of his, his hats and some money from the island he was in the Pacific and, uh, and I, I just I started studying World War II at that early age <laughs> and then talking to like some of my teachers as I, as I so that's I, I kind of think that's when I started but when I I, I understood I understood collecting <laughs> so I I I got a, uh, a tri-logo ATST driver from Return of the Jedi. It's in Canada. I think I was I was six or something. So that's the French, Spanish, and English logos. And I never opened it at that age. I kept it in his box. Oh, <laughs> it's only I think like worth fifteen bucks or something still. Still. But to you back yeah, then, yeah. this was like. Yeah. <laughs> is there another like holy grail piece when you you finally got something that you're just like, oh my god, I have this. Like, I can't believe I, I own this. Uh, a lot of it's all of it's. <laughs> Up there. <laughs> Almost every. I'm a little different on this than Chris because of the HSPPA. I, I started having to move from my own collecting to collecting for the museum to an extent. I call it communist collecting. I got names for everything. <laughs> I call it communist collecting because I collect for the people. <laughs> it helps justify a lot of times. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> for the people. You know, for the people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not all of it has a tie to me, but it's it's also interesting. It's just so cool. Every every piece. There's a story behind it. Right, there is. And you I mean you you shared with me already a few, you know, different stories, you know, like more about the item and like what it's made out of, why, you know, yeah. just go a little bit more in depth and I think that's what was so cool that you're not just getting it to get it, like it means something. But, Learning yeah. like why it was done this mm-hmm. way. And, mm-hmm. That's the part that I find mm-hmm. I find fascinating. Yeah. Gosh, I don't think I have a favorite piece. I could, it's yeah, like asking don't. someone, "What's your favorite movie?" Yeah, I'm obsessed with Fringe, and <laughs> oh my gosh, I could talk to you for hours about my Fringe collection. <laughs> um, it just happens to be one of the hardest uh, shows to, uh, at this time, uh, find pieces from. Um, so, yeah, I, they're still at, at my house, sitting there in, in my case at home, but uh, at some point I, I would love to bring them in and share them. Maybe have like a Fringe Friday uh, where we watch the show or do theme cupcakes. You could, you could probably do an entire exhibit oh of Fringe. Oh, that would nerd me out to another stratosphere. <laughs> that would be your ultimate exhibit. Uh, I wouldn't be able to make cupcakes or anything. I would just be... Oh, <laughs> Everybody come and scooch a little closer. Talk to you about my friend. 
Where can people find out more about HSCPA and uh, the current exhibits or upcoming exhibits? Um, we're on Facebook. Uh, okay, let me back up. So Craig built our website. I'm not used to yes. promoting it. It's beautiful. Yeah, uh, Craig Chammy did an incredible job at the website. So I'm going to start there so he doesn't shed a tear again that I forgot, <laughs> which is just hsppa.com. Uh, beyond that, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All are the HSPPA. You can search them and they'll pop up. Uh, you can also find us through Spookies. Um, there's, there's links there and vice versa. Links to Spookies from, from HSPPA. Spookies Swirls on Facebook. Uh, spookies underscore Swirls on Instagram. And if the for those of you that want to check out the exhibit here, Spooky Swirls is located at 3029 North Elma School Road, Suite 117, Chandler, Arizona. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out to meet with me, Chris and James. It was truly a pleasure. Thank you. Um, thank you. You can find Geek Late Media on Geek Late Media on Twitter and Instagram. Facebook.com forward slash Geek Late Media is our Facebook page. And you can check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Late Media Network and our website, geeklatemedia.com. But until next time, this is Feature Fridays on the Geek Late Media Network saying, always remember to geek, geek out. out. This concludes our broadcast. Beep.